Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlett. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. I'm joined once again by my good friend Keith Holmes. Good yes. friend, that's wow. You've been promoted. Ooh, I've, I've been, been watching promoted. you and I've decided that temporarily <laughs> I'm going to call you this good is, friend. This is conditional. This, this is conditional. Is all, oh, uh, yeah. Unlike God who is unconditional. It's this is completely that way. And I'm, thank you for recognizing the conditionalness of the whole thing. Uh, Keith, what do you do around here? I am the director of missions and small group activities. Thanks for clearing that up because uh, I, I had no idea. That's right. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> First time we met. Now, uh, Keith is uh, small groups and mission activities, which is so important here at Dundee. It's such mm-hmm. a great outreach. And if you're listening, we'd love to have you be connected. We'd love having you connected with Megan's Old Office. We want you to be connected with Dundee, and and, and Keith's ministry is a great way uh, to do that and to start that and make that happen. So, uh, and um, and he's an extrovert, so that means you know he's good at ha- keeping the conversation going. So don't worry about that. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a polite way of saying I talk too much. No, no. So right. we're uh, we're working our way through the Book of Romans. We are. And if this is your first time visiting Megan's old office, we're happy to have you here. Check out our previous episodes on uh, the Book of Romans. But there's how many how, how many times have we done this, guys? Uh, Jonathan is with us too. I think we've done eight, haven't we, Jonathan? He, yeah, we're up to episode nine. Nodding. But I'm yeah. talking about other books, you oh, know, other cool. studies, gospels, well, and the Book of uh, Acts. We did Genesis, yeah, and, uh, yeah. uh, so there's a, quite the library, right? Yes, just check them all out. And we're here to help you with your devotional needs. We'll be working through uh, Romans chapter 7 today, so get your Bibles open to that. Before we begin, Keith, yes. Uh, when did you sign up for something that didn't end up being a very good deal for you? You know, So this is a deal, folks, out there where you signed up, maybe perhaps with great enthusiasm, right. perhaps not, perhaps right. with a certain trepidation, but you did sign up for something, Yep. and insinuating that there was a certain hope that went along with signing oh, up. sure. And it sure. didn't end up being a very good deal. Does something splash to mind? Uh, well, yeah, it? a lot of the times, like, phone plans and cable plans, <laughs> you know, things where you're like, insurance. oh, I'm going to get... Uh, well, no, insurance... Timeshares. Time time, well, <laughs> I never signed up for timeshare, thank God. I just, I thank him every day for that, because I watched my parents try to get out of their timeshare back a few years and they kind they toward the end they referred to it as that period of time as the bloodbath because <laughs> it just it was they bled money i mean it just was horrible for them yeah. so but for me personally yeah i mean you know like cable you you see you get 125 channels and you know the old expression and nothing on but the problem is is you never have time there's no time to watch all these but you got the dvr that you can record and you can watch them later and then that dvr fills up and you start deleting things you didn't watch and you just realize why am I paying what what eight hundred dollars a month or whatever crazy price it is? <laughs> now I'm not saying it's not good your, for others. Where are you getting your cable from? Right, right, exactly. But I don't get cable anymore, honestly. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing for other people. And if you work for a cable company, please don't sue us. No. But it just wasn't right for me because I ended up health just clubs not... come to mind. Oh, too, right? there you go. That's another that thing. Comes yeah. To mind too. yeah, yeah. But uh, good example. How about you? Nah. Well, I was a pastor in Indiana uh, for three years before I came here. I've been here almost five years. Mm-hmm. For that, I was here. In, I was in Indiana for three years and. 
You know, it was a great. It was a great place. It looked like a great place. It was a great place. It was a great building. It was glorious. It was a tall steeple church, as they say, and mm-hmm. and uh, and I wanted to be that tall steeple church pastor and and uh, an increase in salary and all this kind of stuff. And I got uh, the job and and was installed and, and elected to be the pastor of the church. And I can remember our whole family standing up in front of the congregation and. The standing ovation and welcome new pastor. It had a big banner on the pillars of the church and all this kind of stuff. And my son Pierce leans over to me and says, Dad, this is your green jacket. You know, <laughs> uh, for all of you golf fans out there, that's like winning the Masters. You know, yes, this is, sir. Oh, you know, this yep. kind of stuff. And then you get into it and it's like, and it is a great, a good church filled with lots of really good people and all that kind of stuff. But it was also not the right situation for me, and mm-hmm. and I wasn't the right situation for them. And and so that's a profound thing where you know these other things that we all know about contracts with cable companies and health clubs and whatever timeshares. Uh, they are marriages. They are commitments. They yeah. are binding things, at least That's for right. a certain period of time. And that was the way it was with, with this church that I was in. Uh, and that didn't end up being a, a, a joyful experience. In the end, it was a very difficult, as you're talking about your parents, the bloodletting or whatever right. it was. The, uh, yeah, bloodbath. The bloodbath. Um, uh, but, you know, those, those disappointments or those um, the, that disillusionment that comes with those kinds of uh, they do have uh, lessons that we are supposed right. to learn. Right. The God that we that we worship, uh, the true God, the one revealed in Scripture. If we read Scripture, um, we need to kill what we call the prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. uh, where there are people who call themselves Christians, preachers, and churches that will tell their congregants that God is here and wants to just give you prosperity and the desires of your heart all the time. Man, read your Bible. God quite often leads his people into these impossibly difficult situations, and everybody goes to Job, and that's certainly a good example. But we were talking about it at Bible study last night about the rich rich young man who comes to Jesus and is, is this this guy who's really dedicated, but he's also, you know, about what he can do and what he... And Jesus gives him a very hard instruction. He's sell everything that you own, give it away, and then come follow me when you are, you have nothing. I want you with nothing. And the guy, you know, turns and walks away. And it's like, um, did he learn anything from that hard instruction? Did he learn anything from that that, that disappointing lesson that he heard from Jesus? Yeah. We uh, certainly hope so. Do you know so. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I we certainly hope Jesus so. Jesus give to him something right. that, that he, that was painful. That's our God. Yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, and not to go down this particular rabbit hole too far, but, you know, I think the other thing, too, is is the way he phrased the question. Jesus answered that question the right way, of right. course, which is, what must I do to gain heaven? That's what the rich young man says. That's what says. the rich young man says. And so Jesus gives him the impossible mission, right, right? and right. says, Go get rid of everything you own, right? And set, give it to the poor, right? And follow me. That's interesting. You say that. So the guy comes and he says, he he frames the whole thing to Jesus as, "What must I do?" Right. Jesus volleys back, "You got to do something that there is no possible chance for you." And to do. And, and subsequently, grace right. enters our picture, and we're left to wonder. He doesn't tell the rest of the 
the, the Gospels don't tell the rest of the story of right. whether or not we, we know that the rich young man walks away from yep. this difficult, hard word. We're left to wonder whether or not he ever came back, whether he, or not he ever saw the light, if right. you will. Exactly. Does, um, does he realize that he can't gain heaven right. by anything he does? But what shines out for me in a painful way is that our Jesus doesn't tell him what he wants to hear, nope. doesn't soften it up. Nope. He, he hits some punches right in the well, nose. Not right? only that, but I mean, a shot to the gospel, the prosperity gospel, like you said, is I want you to do the exact opposite of what that teaches, which is get rid of everything. Right. You're not going to have every. If you want to get to heaven, you can't have anything. So anyone that says, oh, you're going to go to heaven if you have everything. Right. It's, it's, no. But your point like is beautiful in that you're saying from that, and uh, from that, Jesus is making the very, very strong statement that it's not about what you can do. Absolutely. The, the, we frame it to God. Hey, is there something I can do to get eternal life, to get that ultimate prize, to get that ultimate blessing? Right. Yeah, sure. Here's here's this absolutely impossible thing for you right. to do, yeah. and we're we're supposed to get to this point, and, and God does this to us. He drives us to this point. We talked about a Bible study last night. God will drive you to this place where you're like, finally realize, holy cow, I'm completely dependent upon you, God, not yep. upon myself. Yep. And, and, and you know where I'm going to go next. I hate it when people say, ah, well, you know, God never gives you anything you can't handle. He never gives you more than you can handle. Com that is a complete lie. He always gives us stuff more than we can completely, that, that we can handle on our own. That's what Jesus did to the rich young man. Right. And, and that's one of the things, you know, when I was in, in Indiana in this, you know, bad, difficult situation, it was more than I could handle. I yeah. got to the, I mean, the, not the work was more than I can handle, but just the pain of that, the frustration of that. And I got to, I got to this place where I was like, I'm helpless, God. Yep. And that did not feel good, Keith, but Never it was does. a blessed place. Yeah. It was, you, and I know Love you know it. what oh, I'm talking I've about. I've been there. I've you been know. there. Yeah. You know. I mean, and, and, you know, just, yeah, sort of to wrap this up, I mean, that's what, that's what Paul has been talking about in Romans is, is that we can't do it ourselves. It's right. all about grace. It's everything like that. And I, I do want to, I do kind of want to get into Romans with you because I think Romans seven, Romans chapter seven, for those reading along at home, playing along at home. <laughs> uh, again, as always, if you're driving your car, listening to us, please don't open your Bibles. <laughs> the rest of you certainly can. Uh, if you'd like, so I, I, I do worry that that uh, about one thing. Your your leading question: When did you sign up for something that didn't end up being a very good deal? Is the the first section in our Bible? This is named an analogy from marriage. <laughs> right. So it's like, did let's you? We, I'm happily married. Uh, yes, exactly. Okay, let's, oh let's, yeah, yes. I'm teasing with him yeah. because last night he did talk about his. Oh I, yeah, right. And and how. They they were not happy with with their daughter, but I know they were. So they love me. They do. They do. You're a great guy. <laughs> I'm glad you approve. Well, yeah, you know, you told us to say that. <laughs> Here's your five bucks. Yeah, exactly. So all right. So we're reading Romans. We're going to just read. Uh, we're going to break this up a little bit. Um, Romans seven one through six. Uh, little little bursts here. So question for you. Think about this as you hear me read. What is Paul celebrating? Yeah. All right. Now that's what I'm going to ask you. All right. So Romans seven one through six. Do you, know, do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only during that person's lifetime? 
Thus, a married woman is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is discharged from the law concerning the husband. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Now, don't get caught up in adultery in this. Just right. understand, that's us. If we're free from the law, we are not under it. Right. And so, in the same way, my friends, you have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. While we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are discharged from the law, dead to that which held us captive, so that we are slaves, not under the old written code, but in the new life of the Spirit. Wow. Those are mouthfuls of words for, for us to read. Let's break this down. So number one, what is Paul celebrating? He's celebrating, isn't he, uh, being free from a bad marriage? Uh, being free from any bad situation. Your perfect example from a, is that. From a deal uh, that didn't question. end up being very good. It was right? not a good deal. The law has never been a good deal. But let's be as specific what, what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he, as a Jew, uh, is celebrating the fact that he is free from the defining feature of being a Jew, which is being under the law right. of Moses in the Old yep. Testament, in, in the book of Exodus and Leviticus. All 633 of them. All the, 600, yeah, right, all the laws that, that are upon still upon the Jewish life. He's, he's saying, thanks be to God that I'm free of being under that law. Now, we'll get into it in a minute. He, right. he's, he's, he's comparing himself to a woman who is in a bad marriage, who is now free out of that marriage to right. be married to somebody else who, or something else in this case. Right. And so for us, we're not talking to a Jewish audience. We're not, probably not. But so and you and I talked about it, how it's on us to, to build that bridge. Uh, you sit there and say, well... I'm not under any law, so I can't identify with this. Don't be so sure. I mean, we have ways of living our lives, standards uh, that we apply, unwritten rules that we apply to ourselves, ways of living, a morality of our own deciding, of our our own standards. And, And Paul is sitting there saying, man, I was under that, except it was the law of Moses. I was under that, and it didn't feed my soul. A system of, 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 of earthly design, a, a, a system is, is of the same thing. A system of your design, of my design, right. uh, uh, is, is ultimately going to not end up being a great contract for us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, absolutely. My, my system is usually built on a series of rationalizations that allow me to do whatever I want. And feed your, Be, and feed your and ego. Feed my ego. Exactly. Right? The, we're all like, like that. Exactly. It's like, well, I can do this because God would want me to, and here's why right. and you go through the mental gymnastics right. of trying to justify your your actions your behaviors whatever and of course that's not true but i mean the, it like you said i love what you said there any system any man-made system is never going to be as good as god's but we do that so the question we do that we we, we set up we create god in our own image yep we make decisions about how god works without noticing that god had nothing to do <laughs> with the system that we constructed and right. the question for you and me and for people listening is are you open at all 
to being under a completely different system, not of your design. Not of your design. A way of living that's not of your design. And the answer, honestly, for most of us is, no, I'm not. I'm not comfortable with that. That's terrifying. It's, I'd rather yeah. stay in Egypt right. with the system of my own. Of my own, yeah. That I understand. It sucks. It doesn't feed my soul. It doesn't make but, me joyful. But it's the devil I know. It's the comfort. It's the it's that uh, stability. And God wants us to move out of that comfort, move out of that stability sometimes, and follow him. Now, once we get to there, I think it's like the Jews in the promised land at that point, right? Yes. The Israelites. We get there, and all of a sudden we have even better than where we were but it's so hard to leave what we like you said the devil we know and journey with god and paul is this radical here because yep. he said he's saying you know i used to be married to the law it used to be i used to be married to this system thanks be to god that 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 wife is dead so that i can move on right to the wife that is jesus that is relationship with jesus we got to broaden our minds to that right. and as we listen you know, people who are listening, well, they might be telling our, themselves, oh, well, I'm in with Jesus. Are you completely? <laughs> I mean, what, what part of your heart, what part of your relationship is still, you know, less than it should be? Right. Are you willing to divorce yourself? Are you willing to see that, that part of you go off and die so that it can be re replaced by a better thing? Now, let me, let me, let me yeah. do something with the next few verses, 7 okay. through 13. And it, it, so, so Keith, I want you to answer, and I want everybody to think: What's the value of your of your of of our former life? So we've already established that Paul is sitting there saying, "Hey, thanks be to God that I'm not under that law anymore. Thanks be to God that I'm free of that, so that I can be in but grace." But there's something a good about, or there's something about it. They're of value. I won't say good. I'll because, just say of value. Right. And Paul knows that, and you and I should know at this point in the conversation that we're at risk right. of just saying, "Oh, well." That old wife of mine, she was no good at all. Right. And yes. so, and all this kind of stuff. But Paul takes an interesting turn. He goes right into it. He says in verse 7, he says, What then should we say? That the law, in other words, my former wife, is just completely awful, right. that the law is sin. And then he says, By no means. By no means. In other words, there was value in JD going to Indiana. Right. There was value in your parents being in the in the in the bloodletting. Exactly. Uh, I keep calling yeah. that yeah. Uh, uh, in the bloodbath. Uh, by no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. He says, uh, I would have not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, "You shall not covet." But sin, seizing an opportunity in the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. Apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. This was He's talking about yeah. his old marriage here to the <laughs> law, right? I died. That's how great it was. And the very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity in the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So the law is holy. The marriage was good. Right. The, the, the partner law was a good thing, but sin was involved in this. So right. the law, law is holy, commandment is holy, and just and good. Did what is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin, not the law, not my old wife, but it was sin working death in me through what is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. So what was the value of his former life? Of his former life? Just let's talk right. about Paul. I, personally, I think it's, it showed him the freedom, how much better his current life is. Isn't, the tr isn't that the truth? Right? I mean, it's just like, again, going back to Indiana, going back to, you know, the times where I think of when I think of, oh my gosh, it was such a miserable time of my life. 
it showed me I was out of sync with God. I wasn't doing what I should be doing, and I was trying desperately to make that marriage, and I'm air quoting, you can't see that, people, but that marriage work, beating myself up, torturing, and and then not being able to release myself from that, staying in Egypt, whether I wanted to or not, right? right? And so, but the benefit still today is... Thanks be to God, he didn't keep me there. He brought me out of that. Right. And he shows now, it shows me how much better my life is today. So again, if you're listening and you're not sure about this, trust Christ because your life, even though it may, the circumstances may not get better, your life will be better because you have a joy of hope and knowing that God is with you through this and that God is in, is entreating you to, to taste and see his goodness and he'll help you let go of where you are now. In the current moment, the bad marriage, right? in the current moment, the bad marriage makes you feel thirsty. It, right. It, 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 you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're feeling thirsty. Of course... Man, denial is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> I mean, how many of us are, are under a system of our own design and we're, we're thirsty, we're, it, it, yep. it's not feeding us, it's yep. sapping us, and we just won't admit it, and we stay in mm. Egypt. We stay in that slavery. Right. So the bad marriage, it, it, uh, it reveals our thirst, it makes us feel thirsty, and then you said a second thing there, right. that once you get to where God wants you to be, then you look back on that time and you're like, wow, you realize how great it is to be here, yep. which you wouldn't do unless you would have had that event or in you, your life. Or you wouldn't have left it. Right. That's the big thing. You have to leave it to go back and look at it because if you're still in it, no matter what you think, it's still miserable. These are the deep things that Paul is talking about. So if you're listening to this, you're a Christian. Great. You go to church. Great. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I don't know. The mistake that you can make, the thing I think that Paul is trying to kill is that attitude in you and me. And you and I have been going to church and we've been leaders in the church for years. Mm-hmm. We are susceptible. We have a system in place. I yeah. pretty much wake up at the same time. I pretty much do the same things all the, all the time. I pretty much relate to God in the same way. And just like everyone else, I am at risk of sitting here before you today and saying, yeah, I've got this Christianity thing figured. I've got a system in place. This is how and when I pray. This is what I give. This is how all this kind of yep. stuff. It, whatever system that is, it's never, it always needs to be torn down. It always needs to be improved. The question is whether or not the people listening to us and whether or not you and me sitting right here today are open to the new and mysterious and bigger, better thing that God has for us. No, I'm not at all. Right? Right, I don't want. I'm, like you said, I'm comfortable. I believe the term fallen man comes (laughs) into mind, that we are, our sin nature, our sinful nature, just, just, oh. I mean, you know, I I, I go back to... a simple example for me is exercise and good eating in my life. <laughs> Why are you I looking want at me? to, uh, yeah, right. I want to eat right and I want to exercise. Right. I know I feel good when I exercise and I know I feel better when I eat right. But there comes these times when I just walk away sad from that situation because I really want to eat. So I overeat and I don't go work out or I don't exercise. And now, 
I'm miserable again. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and now granted, that's not a salvation thing, but I just think back to that. No, there's a parallel, man, right? There's right. that parallel. And so bringing it back into, are you in the story yet? How many of us feel that way that we, 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 we rationalize, we say, no, I want to do this thing. And then afterwards we realize we had just took a quick trip back to Egypt. Yeah. Do you the, know? Back to the old marriage, back to whatever, you know, you were, were doing and you realize, oh my gosh, it didn't feel as good as it used to feel. Or, oh, that's right. I'm miserable now because that was then and I'm a new person. Yeah. And so. In what yeah. way are you still a slave? Exactly. In what way are yeah. you still living uh, in a place that is not where God wants you? Well, to and be? that kind of leads us to the next question in the next section. And I want to finish this out because I know we've only got a few minutes left. Yeah. But Romans 7, 14 to 25. This is one of my favorites. Is it, yeah. You know, you just got to read this. got it. Yeah. As confusing. I mean, and, it, as, yeah. This is one of my favorites. Right All, right. All right. So what does Paul conclude about himself? Because we've been talking about that. We're talking a little bit about our own rationalizations. And everybody so what, hang on for yes. this one. Ready? So what does Paul conclude about himself? 14 through the re- to the end of the chapter here. Tw- uh, 25. 25. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold into slavery under sin. Okay, so we got two different things. Here. There's that Egypt thing. There we go. Right? I do not understand my own actions, and this is what I was get driving at. For I do not, I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Man, you talk about me overeating and not exercising, right? Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but in fact, it is no longer. I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So if I'm sinning now, knowing that I'm saved, it's not me because I don't want to. It's the sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. Okay, so you know you're a, a person of the flesh. Of appetites. Of appetites, so you yeah. know that's going to happen. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to go exercise today, Keith. I'm going to go get that embroidered. I can will what I want. No, it's good, but I can't. I'm going to eat nothing but alfalfa today. (laughs) Yeah, right, JD. Good luck with that. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. Again, I think this is very reiterating the statements that it isn't us. It's not what we want, but we still do it. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh, I am a slave to the law of sin. Oh, what a dichotomy of humanity, right? right? There you go, folks. Your favorite part 
What what does Paul conclude about himself? What do you conclude about yourself? Well, he concludes a very honest. It's refreshing to me. It's it, it's a very interesting read because if you read it really fast and just kind of moving through, it's like, blah, 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 blah. it's yeah. oh my gosh, it, it, it's all such a train wreck of evalu- self evaluation. But I'm really thankful for it because it is honest. Right. It, it's much more. It's refreshing because you don't really get this from. The, the average Christian, you know, the average Christian seems to think that Christianity is this deal where it's like, yeah, I'm good with God because I'm, I'm just slightly better than Keith, or I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm no big bargain, but I'm ahead of Jonathan on this deal, right. you know, right. and all this. No, no. Paul does the great thing of letting us all know. He, he's calling himself a wretched, wretched man wretched that I am. Wretched man that I am, yep. Desperate person, desperate being that I am. Who's going to save me from this deal where I can see a better way of living, uh, but I, I won't do it? I, right. I, I can will it. I can love it. I can idealize it. I can see the value of it. And then I can also watch as I don't, I, I, I don't do it. And not yeah. just once, but over and over. I wake up every day meaning to do this good right. thing. Exactly. And, and, and you've done a great job of, of equating it with exercise and food because that's really good. That, that goes to our appetites. But it's that's a great parallel to sp- the, the spiritual life, to the Christian oh, yeah. life. Oh yeah. All of us want better. We want to be better. We want to be closer. Uh, and then we don't do it. We want to pray better. We want to give better. We want to worship better. Yep. That's not the problem. That desire is there. That does not need to be altered. That doesn't even hardly need to be addressed. It, it's whether or not we are going to recognize that, it, 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 as Paul does, that that we're helpless in doing that ourselves. We can't do it ourselves, that we need God to enter. Who's going to save me? Thanks be to God God. that Jesus comes and saves me. Because if it was left to me, I would have no chance at all. Can you pray that? Can you put that into a prayer? You need because you need to. And it takes us back to the previous verses where we have to recognize the old well, the old way. This is such a great argument that builds. Seven is a great argument that builds. Starts with, genius, you know, what it? what is it that we look at? We're yeah. looking at the old marriage. All right. Well, what was that like? It was a lot worse than what I got to do today. Okay, great. How are you reacting to that? Oh, I just keep wanting to go back to the old marriage. I don't want to, but I do. I keep going back, and it's like, God. And he ends it perfectly. Thanks be to God in Jesus Christ that we have a way out, but we have to move out of the old marriage. We have to not want to go back. And we and we the only way we can do that is through Christ. Because given it, given ourselves, doing our doing it our own way, we're going to kind of we're going to go back occasionally, if not a lot. And thanks, thank God that Jesus is such a great spouse to us. Mm-hmm. Because Keith. Think about how much Christ suffers from us giving to him a relationship that he doesn't deserve. Yeah, like, that's right. Like, we've been scarred by our experiences in life. Right. We've been scarred and, and inhibited in our ability to trust. And Jesus is like, trust me, and, and, and then we don't. Right. And not because of anything he's done, no. but because of, of garbage that we learned previously. You know what that, I'm saying? And they call that baggage. Yeah. We bring our own baggage. Because Jesus still wants is, to be yeah. married to and us. He still, he still yeah. wants to be rela- in yep. relationship Isn't to that? us. Even though he, we just inflict this on him. Yep. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I get what you're saying. Because it's just I one of those. I feel sorry for him. Well, 
<laughs> for what I do to them. Right. Oh, I do that. Yes, all the time. It's like I used to say, you know, I know, I, I know that Christ is out of time, so or outside of time. So he he really he feels the pain of this sin hanging on the cross because he died for my sin. I don't want to cause him any more pain than he already has to suffer. So I'm going to start trying to love him instead of my old life and not do the things that would have caused him more pain. Again, I know it's temporal. I'm a temporal being, and it's hard for me to say, well, I I can sin today because I wasn't around 2,000 years ago. Well, no, Christ died for my sins 2,000 years ago and therefore must have suffered the pain that he feels for my sin today. It just, so that alone for me helps me get through those times. Like, no, I don't need to cause him more pain on the cross. Just love him. Just love him. I want to love him. I want to show that I love him. I say I love him. Let me show it by not running back to Egypt, not running back to my previous marriage and stick with him and trust him that he'll, he'll provide the need that's there. Yeah. In that moment, both Keith and I are, and Jonathan, all three of us are very happily married. Yes, uh, and uh, and seriously, we we did that because our previous life of not being married, I think I can speak for these two guys, was not nearly as good as the marriage that we have now. Think about that as far as Christianity is concerned. Think right. about being married to Christ, yep. and Christ is waiting there, saying, "This is a better marriage. Stop being married to your ex." life, your yep. sinful life, your, your sin. alone life. You're with me now. Yep. Um, that's really what chapter seven is very much amen, about. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that was a good show. Uh, I don't care what, yeah. I, I don't care what you think. Keith. That was a good show. <laughs> I hope so. I loved it. It was I, fun. Yeah. Uh, join us again next week for more. We're getting into Romans chapter eight. You do not want to miss that. No, no. We start with Romans chapter eight next week. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha. We're on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at Megan's Old Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.